0: Season uh, for us as as Christians. In the the ancient Christian calendar, we call this the season of Lent, which leads us up to uh, Easter Sunday, uh, March 31st this year. And uh, of course, we celebrate the resurrection constantly as Christians. In fact, that's why we worship on Sunday instead of Saturday, because this is the day of the resurrection. And we uh, know that we worship and serve and grow with the risen Lord. But uh, there is a journey that we should take together uh, that uh, helps us remember what Jesus taught, how he lived, who he reached out to, what he suffered, and what he calls us to as we move towards uh, thinking about uh, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus on Easter. And I, I hope you'll be here that day. Uh, we'll have two services that Sunday morning, 9 and 10.30, and I hope you will be here with your friends and family. And uh, we, uh, we continue to look forward to that day. We have uh, a great group of, uh, I think it's 80 or 90, away today at, uh, I think it's called Lake Tomahawk uh, Camp. And that uh, is the majority of our teenagers. And uh, about uh, 20 sponsors are there for their annual winter retreat. And we miss them today, but we're praying for them. I know many of you have been. Let's continue to do that throughout the day because their retreat will continue into this evening and they'll get back here later on tonight. So continue to, to pray for them. We pray that even as we meet and the Holy Spirit is here with us, that He will be there uh, with them today. It's also an important season as we celebrate the goodness of God and uh, we're thankful that He's blessed us. And do you like the new carpet? Is it is good? And uh, the new carpet won't change the world, but it sure makes it look better, doesn't it? And uh, probably a few of us could say that about uh, in our homes as well. So we celebrate uh, God's faithfulness and provision for us to be able to do that. I thank you for your giving and generosity. Let's keep it up and let's continue. If you see a room or two down the hallways that, that don't have new flooring yet, I'll just tell you to be patient and keep praying and giving and it'll happen. Uh, it'll come together as God leads. It's also an important season for our church, as uh, two weeks from today we'll have uh, elections for our church board and, uh, and some other offices that are important to the leadership and direction of the church and working in harmony with the pastor and pastoral staff. And uh, also that leads me to say that next Sunday, uh, after service, we will have a membership luncheon couldn't come up with anything more clever to call it than that. But if you're interested in becoming a full member of the Church of the Nazarene and Houston First Church of the Nazarene, we'd love to have you uh, join us for that luncheon. There, you can sign up for it today. It's just about letting us uh, speak to you about what it is to be fully committed and fully involved and fully engaged uh, in the Church of the Nazarene, a, a church that believes, in first of all, in Jesus Christ, and calls everyone to be Christian, a church that believes in the holiness of God and that He has given His Holy Spirit to make His people and His church holy. And we're a missional church. We believe that God has called us to spread the good news about Jesus Christ wherever we go and wherever we live. So I encourage you to be a part of that uh, if you can. Now let's uh, begin to turn our attention back to this idea that everything belongs uh, to the Lord. In the passage of Scripture that we're going to focus on today, as I, as I said earlier, it's, it's an encouraging one. Uh, it, it's an uplifting one. It's a strengthening one. And it's uh, something that I believe will be helpful for, for many, many people here today if we'll receive it and uh, let it really speak into our lives. Uh, it comes out of uh, First Peter, the two main, two main uh, leaders of the early church. After Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension in the early church were the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter. Uh, Peter didn't get near as much coverage and in, didn't uh, in write near as many letters as Paul did that found their way into the Scripture. But uh, his two letters near the end of the New Testament have some, some great uh, words for us to hear today. And before we get to the, the, the few verses I want to concentrate on, I want to s- kind of set the, the context, set the backdrop for the words that Peter has to say to us. You know, context is extremely important in order to be able to understand the Scripture. And uh, when you want to understand what the Bible says, the best place to begin is the Bible. When you're focusing on a verse or two of the Scripture, look at what is said before and after and help you set that context. Know something about who was writing it and what the situation was. And most study Bibles are great to give you some of those clues. In 1 Peter today, in chapter 4, we get uh, some kind of sense from Peter of what the people he was writing to were going through. They were going through very, very great difficulty and persecution. And we we think about being persecuted sometimes if somebody makes fun of us or says something derogatory about the church or about Christians or or maybe uh, calls you some horrible, awful name like Goody Two Shoes or something like that. We think we're being persecuted. These people were fearing for their physical lives because of their faith in Jesus Christ. They were in fear of being ostracized and cut off from their families and society and all of those kinds of very grave, difficult things. So Peter wrote to them in 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning at verse 12, he said to them, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad. For these trials make you partners with Christ in His suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing His glory when it is revealed to all the world. So be happy when you are insulted for being a Christian for then the glorious Spirit of God rests upon you. If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by His name. That passage helps us give some idea of the backdrop and the context for which Peter continues to speak to them, continue to give practical instruction, and he begins to talk to the older and the younger men and some differences in the way they should should follow the Lord and, and care and accept one another. But then we come to these verses that I want us to focus on today, and perhaps they're familiar to some of you. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7, it says this, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, He will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. I believe it's really important, and I believe Jesus makes this, very clear that we should all have the goal of growing up in Christ. And that doesn't mean the the children that that are worshiping here with us today and hearing what we have to say, but all of us who name the name of Jesus should have a desire to grow, mature in our relationship with God. And a mark of real maturity in the life of a Christian A mark of real maturity in the life of somebody who follows Jesus Is to become more and more dependent on Christ More and more dependent on Him Now when we hear that encouraging word Sometimes that, that may run counter to our nature it, runs, it definitely at times runs counter to our culture it might run counter to the way you were raised and the upbringing you've had where, where you were taught to be, we were supposed to be tough and independent. And it's a great thing to be self-made. But the more dependent we are on the one who made us and the one who can save and sustain us, the better off we are. We've been talking about this idea of everything being God's. For several weeks, we've set a confession together. It says, Yours, O Lord, is the, the greatness, the splendor, the majesty. You created all there is, and, and of your own, God, do we give back to you. We've been, we've been talking about that. We've been talking about the fact that, that our money needs to belong to God. Our time needs to belong to Him. That this church should belong to Him. That everything should belong to Him. And, and next week we're going to talk about how our talents and abilities and gifts and those things belong to God. But what about this? What about giving God the difficult stuff? Maybe the most difficult stuff in our lives. What about saying to God, these things are yours? I wonder if you've heard of the uh, amplified version of the Bible. Maybe maybe a few of you have those. It's kind of an interesting uh, take. It basically takes a, a translation of the Scripture and then in, in italics or parentheses adds a few words in here and there. Like maybe an a word if, that, uh, that would coincide. If you need another adjective or another, another descriptive, it, it, it throws it in there to kind of help us get the picture. So if the Amplified Version of the Bible would be referred to as the AVP, today I want us to uh, take a look at the PJSAV. Let me try that. Let's see. P-J-S-A-V. That would be the Pastor Jeffrey super amplified version of of the Bible. And think about that as we think about 1 Peter 5 and verse 7, which may be a familiar verse to you and it's a comforting verse. But that verse says, bring all. Bring all your. Some translations say cares and worries. It's a few other words in there, but I'm just going to try to throw out as many words as I can think of this morning. Like, bring all your pains and worries and cares and problems and troubles and issues and hurts and situations, disasters, diseases, addictions, anxieties, mountains, the molehills, the, the barriers, the histories, the insecurities, the sicknesses. The fears, the doubts, the headaches, and the heartaches. The scriptural admonition is to bring all of those things to the Lord. All of those things. You might have some other words to throw in there. I don't, I don't think it's important that you write every one of these down. I just want you to get the sense that all of this stuff, that's heavy, that's tough, that's difficult, that we carry. The challenge of the Word is to give that stuff to God. And let's not live in denial that, uh, that we have these things in our lives. Did you ever hear the story about the... Uh, the old boy in East Texas uh, who was uh, doing a lot of fishing and he was doing it without a license and so the, uh, the game warden heard about that and uh, he saw the guy fishing and, and uh, then saw him carrying fish and walking up the bank from, from a pond with those, with those fish and he stopped him and uh, asked him for his fishing license. And the, the old boy says, I don't need one. These is pet fish. The game warden said, what do you mean, pet fish? He said, well, I I keep these here fish in my bathtub at home as pets. And then I bring them here once a week to swim with their old buddies and friends, and then I load them back up and take them home after their visit. (laughs) The game warden said, what kind of fool do you take me for? Those aren't pet fish. You just caught those fish today. He said, no, no, sirree, those are pet fish. The game warden said, well, prove it then. Let me see them do one of those visits that you were talking about. All right, sir, you just, you just watch here. And so the guy went back down to the bank of the water, and he set the, the basket in the water, and the fish quickly swam off. And the game warden looked at him and said, and how long do you expect me to sit here and wait for them fish to come back and finish their so-called visit? And the good old boy looked at him and said, what fish? <laughs> okay, okay, now some of you, little delay, some of you catching on, and a few of you are going, I, I don't get it. What's... See me after church. Let's not de- live in denial that in some form or fashion we don't have these things in our lives. And they come in seasons. They may come in waves. They, maybe some of them are behind us, but there's still more ahead of us. We know that. And the scriptural admonition is to bring these things and give them to the Lord and leave them there. I think both of those things may be issues for us. First of all, bringing them to the Lord. We kind of tend to embrace and say, yeah, God deserves our best, and we should give Him. I know you're right, Pastor. I should give money. I should give time. I should give my talents, abilities. I should give my worship to God, yes. But all of these things sometimes are much harder for us to release. We carry them around. Sometimes our insecurities become security blankets for us in some sort of twisted way. We're afraid to release them to God and and afraid of what He might ask of us after that. And Some of us maybe think, well, what will I have to talk about if I give these to God? And I want you to understand that that we're doing here more today, the Word is calling us to more than just asking God to help out a little bit. It's it's more than just asking God to clean things up a little bit for us. We're talking about coming to Jesus and saying, Jesus, here it is. There's some great examples in, in the Scripture. Of people carrying some major stuff in their lives. Dealing with some major things in terms of pains and worries and diseases and problems and mountains and struggles and all of that. Coming to Jesus. In Mark chapter 5, there's the, there's the story of the, of the woman who's got the bleeding disorder that she's had for 12 years. And that bleeding disorder was, was not only a physical issue and a physical problem, which of course brought great weakness to her body, but it was also something that just cast her off from, from society. It meant she couldn't worship with the people. It meant she couldn't do a lot of things. It was a woman's issue, and they weren't treated so well in those days. And in that society. And she's the one who fought her way through the crowd and just said, If I can just get close enough to Jesus just to touch his clothes, I have faith. To me, it sounds like she was just landed all on the line to say, Here it is, Jesus. In Matthew chapter 8, there's a Roman officer. Some translations call him a centurion. A Roman military officer. The the conquering uh, people that have taken over the, the area of Palestine. The occupiers. And this Roman officer had heard about Jesus, and he comes to Jesus risking his reputation. He's got a paralyzed servant who's in a lot of pain. Somebody he cares a lot about. And he says to Jesus, Jesus I have this servant, and I know that you can heal him. And Jesus responds and says, I will come and heal your servant. And the officer said, I'm not worthy for you to step foot in my house. But I believe this, if you just say the word right here, right now, that he can be healed. Just in that moment, he just had faith that Jesus said he hadn't really seen anywhere else. He said, Jesus, here it is. In Mark chapter 2, there's a story of another paralyzed man. However, this paralyzed man had four friends. We're not given their names. We're not given a real long description. But it just sounds to me like these four friends were really good devoted friends and sometimes when we really love and care about other people their pains and worries and cares and troubles and struggles and all of that they become ours and they were so burdened for this guy they were carrying such a load in their hearts for him that they literally picked him up and carried him and went to a crowded house where Jesus was and they couldn't get in the door and so they tore through the roof to lower their friend down and say, Jesus, here it is. The Apostle Paul. We know he faced a lot of uh, difficult things in his life and at times he kind of gives a list of stuff that he went through shipwrecks, the beatings the floggings being kicked out of a place or two those sorts of things but in his second letter to the Corinthians chapter 12 Paul talked about something that he had in his life that he described as a thorn in the flesh don't know uh, exactly what that was we know Paul was a pretty tough, courageous guy. I mean, you can just look at what he went through in his life. But there was something that, that, uh, that was difficult for him and such a struggle that there in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he said that he came to the Lord three times because this thing was tormenting him. And he brought it to the Lord three times. And it kind of looks like that the Lord didn't remove it from his life. But instead, the Lord said, Paul, my grace is all you need. And my power is made perfect in your weakness. Paul said, Jesus, here it is. And Jesus said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. I don't know exactly what it would look like today if you were to, to bring your worries and cares and fears and doubts and sicknesses and troubles to the Lord. I don't know exactly what it would look like, and I don't know exactly what they are. And I honestly don't know exactly what will happen if you give these things to God and say, God, here are these things that I tend to hold on to, that I'm struggling with, that I'm battling with. Here they are. I don't know exactly what it will look like. I don't know exactly what it will happen. But I do know this. It will be the absolute best thing you could ever do with any of these things I want us to move on a little bit in this in this passage the verses that come after these verses and look at those first 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8 Peter continues to write and he says stay alert watch out for your great enemy the devil he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour Stand firm against Him and be strong in your faith. And remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. But in His kindness, God called you to share in His eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you've suffered a little while, He will restore, support, and strengthen you. And He'll place you on a firm foundation. All power belongs to him. Peter talked to us about this enemy that we have. An enemy who who wants to use this stuff that we've talked about today the problems, the struggles, the worries, the, the difficulties. He wants to use this stuff and anything else he can get his hands on. He wants to use this stuff to totally destroy us that's what he wants to do he doesn't want to just get you off track he wants to totally destroy you I heard a story about a, uh, uh, a missionary uh, who came to a church and he was asked to, uh, to speak to the children and uh, so he thought it would be a good idea uh, to talk to them about uh, about lions and maybe, I, I don't know if he'd personally encountered one, or if he'd just heard stories, or if he'd seen them from a distance. But, but he felt comfortable in talking to these kid about, kids about lions. And uh, so he thought he'd give them some advice about what they ought to do in case they ever met a hungry lion. Have you all seen any roaming around uh, here recently? I mean, real lions? He said the first thing that they needed to remember is that you should never try to flee. You should never try to run from the lion because that would mean certain death. The lion can run much faster than you can. Next, you should try to look very brave and and stare right into the lion's eyes. And if you are successful, (laughs) if you are successful, the lion will back down and run away. However, if that doesn't work, (laughs) you should be prepared for the lion to attack you. And when the lion attacks you, have your spear ready. So that when he leaps on you, he will land on the spear and be killed. Wow. Uh, do our, I don't know. I didn't see any of our kids with spears today. I, I just. I don't know how, how helpful that, that, advice, that advice is. You know That, that kind of sounds like good advice, and I guess I would have to take that guy's word for it because I haven't been to Africa, and I haven't seen any, any uh, real lions face-to-face other than the ones in the zoo who were behind bars and glass and the big ditch in between and all of that stuff. Because the truth is, if I see a real lion face-to-face right in front of me with no bars or glass or big ditch in between, I can promise you, I will be afraid. In fact, I think I would be very afraid. And I'll tell you this, I'm really afraid that I would run. <laughs> Peter said, the enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. And it's important to remember that phrase when he says, like a lion. It's important to this, to remember that although our enemy, the enemy of our souls is dangerous, Satan is a counterfeit lion, a paper lion, compared to the lion of the tribe of Judah, who we know by the name of Jesus Christ. Their power is not equal. It's not even close. And if we do what the Scripture tells us to do and resist the enemy standing firm in our faith, it means we're standing firm in the faith of the true lion, the mighty God. Peter's admonition before he says, "Give all your cares and worries to God," was to humble yourself under the mighty power of God, and at the right time He'll lift you up. Who are we bringing our worries and cares and troubles and struggles to? We're bringing them to Jesus, the Alpha, the Omega, the Creator the sustainer of every living thing, the one who we say has conquered sin and death and the grave. But when it comes to all this stuff, do we really believe that? Do we believe it enough to say, Jesus, here it is. And we've got to refuse the temptation today to be faithless. And especially refuse to think that we can handle this stuff on our own. And refuse to think that we've got a better idea than God does about what to do with it. And refuse the temptation to ask God to fix things that we won't release and let go of. Instead... We humble ourselves under the mighty power of God, give all our worries and cares to Him, and pray for strength, the strength that comes through prayerful endurance. Isn't today uh, St. Patrick's Day? Is that, am, I, am I right? When is it? It's in March. What is today? The 17th? Is it March 17th? March 17th? I'm only a month off. And obviously I'm not wearing green, but St. Patrick's Day's coming up a month from now. As you look forward to St. Patrick's Day <laughs> it's always one of those days that, that is kind of uh, it's just kind of confounding to me. If you know who the real St. Patrick was, he was a, a missionary that went to ancient Ireland with the gospel. And, and how a day named for him got turned into a day of green shirts and an excuse to drink all the green beer you can and maybe put green gravy on your mashed potatoes. I, I, mean, I, don't, I mean, that's just humanity, how we took somebody like that who risked his life and traveled many, many miles across the continent to, to share the gospel. And this is how we honor that. St. Patrick uh, prayed a prayer that's, uh, that's worthy of being reminded of today. A good one to think about and maybe even read and pray for ourselves as we think about giving ourselves, and all our troubles and struggles to God. He said this, As I rise today, may the strength of God pilot me, the power of God uphold me, the wisdom of God guide me. May the eye of God look before me, the ear of God hear me, the Word of God speak for me, the hand of God protect me, and the way of God lie before me. May the shield of God defend me, and the host of God save me, and may Jesus Christ be my shield today, Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right and on my left, Christ when I lie down and when I sit, and Christ when I stand. A worthy prayer. Hey, Pastor, that all sounds good. Scripture's nice today. It's a nice thought you shared, but Pastor, my problems, my pains, my addictions, anxieties, fears, worries, sicknesses, all of those things, they're big and they're really tough and they're many well sometimes there aren't enough rocks are there instead what we're called to do today in light of that is to give cast the, the verb literally does mean, the verb used in verse 7 of 1 Peter chapter 5, the verb literally does mean to throw upon. It's a very strong action verb. The New Testament scholar N.T. Wright translates this way. He says, pick up everything that is bothering you, everything that is weighing you down, And fling it on God's back. And He will carry it. He's delighted to do so. Because after all, He loves you. Would you surrender that stuff to the Lord today? buy your heads with me. Lord, you've invited us today to bring all of the barriers and baggage and trials and troubles and illnesses and issues and headaches and heartaches, the stuff that we carry around. The stuff that we carry around and it It affects our minds. It gets us preoccupied and our mind drifts back to it so often. And and sometimes because of that we have a hard time thinking clearly about other things. Lord, it affects us in our spirit. Because of it, we, uh, we may be discouraged way too often. It's hard for us to to see the light, it's hard for us to be encouraging to others because of it. It seems like it's always tripping us up and weighing us down. Lord, sometimes this stuff, even the things that aren't physical illnesses, the other stuff that we carry around and we think about and we struggle with, and it affects us in our bodies, in our stomach tied in knots, and our heads pounding. And some of it, Lord, is because we carry stuff around that we weren't meant to carry. You've made us body, mind, and spirit, and they all relate to each other. You offer a solution today. You say, Lord, we struggle to hand it over to you. But You offer us the solution of hearing it and making it. We're not equipped for it. Help us to see that and realize it today. Lord, help us to remember and and know and and act on the truth by faith that all of this stuff is better in Your hands than ours. We ask this in Jesus' name.